0: to make it 28 to 3. Arthur
1: Blank loving it. Up by 25. Welcome to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. Today, we are blessed with the wonderful, beautiful Garland Gillen. Welcome to the show, my man. (laughs) Good to finally have you on.
2: Yeah. uh, We used to have these conversations at the bar at your fantastic restaurant, Root. Uh, We would go until 1, 2 in the morning uh, talking about the black and gold. Uh, Root, unfortunately, is no more. So now we're going to do this on a podcast.
1: Yeah, you know, we're going to do what we got to do. Yep. So uh, this will work. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, sign of the times, I guess. Like like you said, Garland, we're so used to just having a chest up or an elbow at the bar going back and forth. But, uh, hey, you know, 2023 post-COVID, here we are talking into a computer screen. Um, so that's that's part of it. Uh, yeah, so Max, like you said, you and Garland have known each other for a while. And Garland, I've known you through Max and all those fun talks we've had at that route, or hey, me and I mean, if we're going somewhere else, but, uh, you know, we'll get into the football stuff, but, you know, since we, like Max, Max said, we're blessed to have your beautiful presence <laughs> here as a guest on the pod. So, um, <clears throat> you know, for the listeners, you know, anyone who follows the saints in new Orleans watches local news has seen you on Fox eight, uh, whether it's saints, uh, LSU, soccer. Tulane, my one of my personal favorites, uh, local prep sports, <laughs> uh, Especially when you're covering those Jesuit Blue Jays, and if you happen to interview any fullbacks, let me know. I've got some intel there. But, <laughs> um, but no, uh, we do have some listeners that are outside of Louisiana, outside of the U.S. Even so, you know, you're on Fox Eight locally. You know, how tell us because I, I kind of forget uh, how long have you been you know with them? Just a little background on you before we get into the whole. You know, yeah, Fox no,
2: thing. I've been in television twenty three years. Got my start at Fox uh, Kanoe in Monroe. Then I went to Baton Rouge, then I've been in New Orleans for geez, for uh, since 2003. So I've been in New Orleans for 20 years in television, uh, and I've been at Fox 8 uh, for the last 11. And you said it; I cover everything from the Saints uh, to LSU to Tulane, and uh, a lot of high school football on Friday nights. Um, it's uh, you know it it, it doesn't stop. Uh, I mean, we have a show almost every night. <laughs> In the fall, except for Saturday night, uh, I mean, on Monday it's like black and gold. A review with Deuce McAllister on Tuesday it's overtime where we talk for thirty minutes about what's going on. Wednesday night is game plan, where we get you previewed to the next opponent the Saints have. Then uh, Thursday night is our betting show, final bet, where I'm mostly on there talking gambling. Friday <laughs> nights Fox A Football Friday, and then Sunday we got tailgate in the morning at ten a.m. where we preview the Saints game, and then we wrap it all up on final play at ten thirty. So. It is four hours uh, of, yeah. of programming per week. It, it is absolutely wild. And, um, and also, you know, we talk about food off the top. I, I do have a blog called uh, Football, Football, Food. Uh, Lee Zurich, who I work with, told me he always skips yeah. over the football part, you know. So, you know, so because he, he, he texted me yesterday. I wrote a, a big story, which both of y'all would appreciate. I wrote a big story uh, uh, in the food part about Aaron Burgow, Uh, a former Jezza Blue Jay who's like exploded on like the restaurant scene. Uh, He's got his hand in like all these different restaurants now from uh, Petois to Central City Barbecue to Station Six, uh, the Charlie's uh, Steakhouse. And now he's going to have Las Cruces, uh, Tex-Mex and Old Metairie. So, uh, you know, we, we did all that. So, Lee Zork's favorite restaurant is Patois, so he said he enjoyed the Patois part. He said he didn't read my soccer part, but it's not going to hurt my feelings. So, yeah, but no. I mean, in New Orleans, we, we care about two things. We care about food, and we care about sports. So that's, you know, I, I mix those together. Yep.
1: No, it, it's awesome, and uh, it's funny you mentioned Burgow. I saw him uh, about a week ago, and it's, it's crazy, man. He really has exploded. You know uh, ran into him at station six he was talking about las cruces and all that and i know uh, a chef he's partnered up with with that restaurant looking forward to it i think it's gonna be like 300 seats it's gonna be amazing and on uh road i believe further down by airline highway so it's looking forward to it yeah
2: charlie's steakhouse i haven't been to since like the older version uh past owner. so now i've decided like we gotta all hit that up there because uh, i haven't been to charlie's steakhouse probably in like 10 years
1: well, you know, that's uh, Neil McClure. He's got working over there who had McClure's barbecue. Oh, yeah. You,
2: you know, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah, going yeah. into food. McClure, we haven't got to the Saints right. yet, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, go figure,
0: right? Yeah. I actually went to Charlie's post, uh, Aaron, you know, with Neil over there. It was good. I mean, the, the, the quality was there. Uh, yeah. Some of the some of the items were uh, maybe a little bit more elevated than or just like they tasted like they were done by somebody a little more current. Yeah. But then it all still had that feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, but it still had that feel. Like you, you wouldn't have thought that you were dining in a place that was owned by some like, you know, new nouveau New Orleans restaurant tour. It still had the, uh, the traditional flair and and all the little accoutrement that you might expect from them. Uh, I remember when Bergau when they said it was him opening up central city barbecue or no, when he took over, um, uh, I was like, "Wait, this dude's doing patois and barbecue? <laughs> like that—that that is impressive by itself, and they're both yeah. damn good." Aaron's I mean, man, the, barbecue man. didn't skip a beat.
1: Whatever he does, is, everything turns to gold. It's great.
2: Yeah, and his his one of his sons is a big rugby player, Jesuit. So, dude, we like he he was at the restaurant. I was at Patois two weeks ago, and he was cutting up. We were talking. Football, rugby, like, dude, you know, it 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 it, it delves. Sure. All conversations delve into two things, and so I absolutely love it, you know, because if I'm not, you know, thinking about like working, I'm thinking about what my next meal is going to be.
1: Yeah, man, no, 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 no. Yeah,
0: hell yeah. Um, this is going to be like a hard hard shift because we could talk food all night. <laughs> uh, but before we let you off the hook on the things that you've been doing, I watched. Uh, the Hulu series, Algiers in America and, uh, or Algiers America. I had, I guess I should have thought about it. Okay. We're doing a, it's a show highlighting a a local football scene. Let me just say the series was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I got emotional uh, several times throughout the thing, especially at the end, having played high school football myself, but it's not really, it's just, I only say that just because it gives you like a good, uh, you can put yourself into the shoes of these kids, but only To a to a tiny extent, like strictly having played and been part of a team at that age, the show did a masterful job of like really getting you to understand the predicament and the the problems and the hardships these kids face every day. But uh, however down I got watching the show, I saw a familiar face pop up (laughs) because inevitably they had the local news talking about the team they were previewing. Um, did, did you, you know, with, when they show clips of you, did, did they reach out to you beforehand or did they reach out to the station? I was kind of curious and I, I was going to talk to you one way or about it, one way or another about it, whether it's at a bar or here we are on a podcast, but I was just curious, like, okay, how do they, what's the, yeah.
2: So Jackson about? Fager, yeah. who is the executive producer on, he's a photographer on it. He now lives in new Orleans. Um, uh, oh. he came over with a hard drive one day to Fox eight and we just went through all of our archives he took, like, 50 pieces of video uh, dating back to, like, six, seven years ago, some older video, uh, and some current video, you know. And, um, and I mean, Edna Carr has become one of our biggest programs to cover now. And and now that – I always say, like, the Catholic League gets a, a, a ton of publicity on Fox Eight Football Friday, and then it would be Edna Carr and Isidore Newman – and a few other schools, uh, St. Charles Catholic has now uh, become a heavyweight in Lutcher and a few others. But now Carr is in that Catholic league. But I have watched Carr built into this absolute behemoth. They won four titles in a row, but now they haven't have won a state title in three years. So it's been really intriguing to watch them. But they have some characters on their team. I mean, Bryce Brown, uh, you know, their head coach yep. is absolutely like, you know, he, he's a piece of work. I mean – you don't know what he's going to say next. And then Aaron Anderson, who like takes over that sure. show, he's one of the main characters. Uh, he uh, went to car, right. went to Alabama, and now he transferred to LSU. And he should be ready to go for uh, training camp uh, in a couple of weeks. I talked to Jaden Daniels at SEC Media Days, and he says he's going to be ready to go. So it's like I-, I watched Aaron as a freshman in high school. Uh, in like his third game, return a ball eighty yards for a touchdown on the first play against LB Landry, and now I'm watching this kid grow up. But uh, yeah, it it's not always easy yep. uh, what goes on in Algiers and with the Car Cougars. I mean, they had some players uh, die from gunshots, uh, so it's not like you know some of the other schools uh, have dealt with. But now they're in the Catholic League and they're going against Brother Martin and Jesuit. And 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 John Curtis right, and all those yeah. big time schools. It was really good uh, doing the show, and uh, yeah, I watched all five episodes. It really gives you an idea of what's going on. You know, some people kind of get in their bubbles, and you know, and you know, you might live in the suburbs of New Orleans, or you might live uptown, and you know, you don't realize about fifteen yeah. minutes away from here. You know, on the West Bank, it's a whole different world out there.
0: Yeah, you kind of go with like what you hear, because I can speak from. I just found it. I can't say enough good things about the show itself and especially about Brown, the head coach. I mean, yeah, you know, our, our coaches look <laughs> nothing against uh, Jay Pittman from my freshman year and coach Vic Umon from my, my last three years at Jesuit. those guys were fantastic. And all the assistants uh, I can't name them all or else I'd start upsetting some people, but it's uh, they care about you, of course, but the level of care that, that, that coach Brown showed to them and just the commitment uh, the personal commitment, you know, it, it showed, you know, we're not going to talk about the show for the whole podcast, but before we leave it, 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 uh, watching it from the perspective of somebody who played for one of the more, uh, you know, the schools, one of the schools that has kids that come from more that, that bubble or a privileged background or a suburban background. Um, you know, you, you know that it ain't great. Other places, other neighborhoods, you know, that I mean, shit, we played John Eric, we played Kennedy, we played McDonough 35, we played a bunch of public schools, uh, in our pre-district schedule. And, uh, you know, and like you, know, you know, it's not the same for everybody growing up. But this show was amazing because it put you right in it. It put you in these kids' living rooms, uh, at their birthday parties, at their funerals, um, just gut wrenching and inspiring all at the same time. Um, and uh, hey, it was great to see you as part of it. <laughs> and uh, so, I highly recommend Algiers America to anybody. You'll see if it, you'll see our guest on there if you watch it, um, but. You know, so going from your cameos on that to, you know, your upcoming many a cameo slash real job uh, covering the Saints and training camp, uh, tell us about what today was, what do you expect over the next uh, probably 24 hours. Yeah,
2: so uh, on Tuesday, Dennis Allen and and Mickey Loomis uh, meet with the media. Uh, There's not a lot of, uh, you know, things that we don't already know. Um, we see a lot of the guys that are going to be there. Uh, there's really, uh, I don't know, a lot of injury concerns right now. I'm intrigued to know if Trevor Penning will be ready to roll uh, at left tackle. I know he, he sat out OTA, sat out mini camp. I mean, that's going to be one of the battles of camp to watch is Trevor Penning and James Hurst at left tackle. But you're also you know, ready to see Cesar Ruiz get back uh, to 100%. You know, Andres Pete's always got a little bumper bruise to see him getting back there. Uh, And then the big one I think is going to be a running back is Kendra Miller. He passed his physical uh, uh, on Monday. Uh, You got to have him ready to roll in game one because, I mean, let's face it, uh, Alvin Kamara is facing probably, I I would estimate, uh, a four-game suspension uh, since he had no priors uh, before uh, the incident in Las Vegas, settled out of court. I I think it would be uh, uh, the move by the NFL would be four games. So you got four games without him. So you can have Jamal Williams. You're gonna you're gonna want Kendra Miller in the mix. You can run Taysom Hill out there, running back also. Um, so the, the the one scheme uh, theme I would think that we would hear tomorrow. We've heard this all season. This is more of Dennis Allen's team now. I feel like last year's team was not his completely. There's a lot of Sean Payton vibes still in the building. Uh, now I think it's his team. He's got his own catchphrases now on T-shirts that he wears. So I think that's what's going to uh, be the uh, mo going into this week when they start hitting the pads. They're going to be out there. I say pads. They're going to be in shells on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, yeah. Saturday. They don't hit you know hit until Monday. But uh, you know it's going to be at, at least once get they, uh, out there. You yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Once they start clunking around the mushroom helmets, right?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what. That, yeah. That's well, what, uh, that's Garland, let me yeah,
1: no, no, go ahead. Finish up what you're saying.
2: No, no. I, I, yeah. It, it, it Training camp really doesn't start till they put the pads on. I understand that. It, you know, I right now, all I'm looking for is health. And and as long as those guys are out there, yep. that's good for now. But, you know, we're really going to find out who these guys are next week. The Nick varies of the world who uh, passes physical. I want to see what he looks like out there. But that offensive line, defensive line battles, like is Brian Burzee on the defensive line ready to step up and contribute right away? Is Peyton Turner going to be a bust, or is he going to finally get it going here at the defensive end? And then if he is a bust, then Isaiah Foskey needs to step up very quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, let me ask you this. So if you had to pick your three most important guys that need to step up this year for the overall success of the team, who would you pick? Like your guys that their performances, whether it's good or bad, is going to directly impact our success. Well, I mean –
2: well, Max, we definitely just got to start at 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 Derek Carr. I mean, last year, if you put uh, the quarterback situation, it was uh, you know it was it was an optimal uh, having Jameis Winston and uh, it was bad. It was bad. It, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I'm trying to be fr- nice here, but yeah, it was it it was suboptimal uh, with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. <laughs> um, it, if Derek Carr has a bad season, then. They're missing the playoffs for the third year in a row, which will be the first time they missed the playoffs three years in a row since 2014 through 2016. But if Derek Carr is not isn't fire firing all cylinders, then that's going to be a major problem. And I think it, de- it definitely correlates with my next guy, and that's uh, Michael Thomas. You need him healthy. I mean, he's missed 40 games in the last three seasons. I, th- this is not working uh, for the black and gold, and I don't blame um, you know, Michael Thomas, he's just it, it, he's been having injury after injury after injury. Um, you know, he's only on a one year contract. So it's kind of a proven contract for Michael Thomas uh, this year. So I, I don't know if he's going to push it a little more, knowing that he's only on a one year deal. So you need Derek Carr, you need Michael Thomas. And then I, I think on defense, uh, you know, I, I, I need to see some from Peyton Turner. I talked about him at the start. Uh, they spent a first round. I mean, yep. they, they, this is a first round pick on this yeah. guy. Okay. You're expecting some, you know, Yeah,
0: the, uh, some, some, he he's a, he's a favorite player of one of our podcast friends, the saints block party podcast. They, they love, yeah, them. no, he,
2: <laughs> he has got to show up now. Uh, th- this is, this is one of the major keys. So if you gave me like three guys, I would say those are three that I need to see step up right now and, and, and get there in that first game when they play against the Tennessee Titans, which. Um, you know, they're favored in it. I know last year, the, all the odds had them as the NFC South favorites. And this year, it's the same way. Um, you know, um, they're over yeah. under win total. Check that. I think the Bucks were NFC South favorites last year in the betting odds. But this year, it is New Orleans Saints and their over under win total is nine and a half. Right. So everything is uh, positive for the black and gold right now in the betting odds. We just got to see it on the field because the NFC South, sure. I think, is really weak right now. And you got Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, and Baker Mayfield as the other three quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. And it's one thing that's been coming up with everybody we, we talk to in, in our little, uh, you know, we call it Twitter Sphere or uh, other podcasts that, that we're friendly with and, and stuff. And it's a big issue of being uh, called hashtag on paper, right? Because, I mean, on paper, that's where the odds are coming from. That's the odds makers. I mean, it's hard it's hard to look at this team and not think that you put them with at least a slight edge over who would be your second best team, especially if you just start rattling off um, our offensive skill guys. You know, you, you don't, there aren't enough starter quality guys, or I'm sorry, let me put it this way. There aren't enough spots to allow all of our starter quality offensive skill guys to have a spot on the field and still keep five offensive linemen and a quarterback on there. You know, it's just like, when you see a team like that, you're like, okay, even if their defense was bad, everybody goes back to Super Bowl year. I mean, we had the 20th ranked or 20-something ranked defense the year we won the Super Bowl. So you're thinking, okay, even with a somewhat below average defense, this should be able to get it done. And then you you look on the other side of the ball and, okay, we're ranked in the top 10. And so it's like, what the hell is going on with us even talking about or using the word whether we make the playoffs. it, it you, We're so used to the Sean Payton uh, era and, and success rate that it's – Well, we have to be in the
1: playoffs this year. If we're, if we're not in the playoffs yeah. this year, something went horribly wrong. That's the reality. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Whether it's Derek or, Carr getting hurt or not performing or the offensive line not being healthy, something went wrong if we're not in the playoffs. You know, I think, yeah.
0: you know, my worst case, like, worst case scenario or – what would be the most frustrating scenario for me for this year, and I I say it because I hope it doesn't happen, but it would be, we all keep talking about health and if people can stay healthy, then we should be fine. My fear is that we stay healthy or mostly healthy. No season-ending injuries for anybody that's a top three, top 10 guy on the team. But we stay healthy and still underachieve and still either miss the playoffs or just you know first-round exit in, in okay. If fashion. you miss the playoffs, that, that, that scenario, that would be, you know, an indict, but that go. would be an indictment. That's what I'm saying. But no, Dennis you know. an Perkowski has to go
1: at that point. If you don't make the playoffs when everyone's healthy, that's it. Blow it up. Right. Get at rid of point, them. It's done. Yeah. Start over.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying because that scenario would be the one that takes the biggest toll on the team long term or big picture. Because if you
1: I mean, you gotta I mean make it's not long perfect. term. You got to think it's, it's short term because they're out of here. Like everyone talks about why don't. This team stay healthy for the first time in years because the last few years have been injury built. If they stay healthy, well, here's and they the don't thing. The plans, people got to go. Right. And that's
0: the thing. But that option presents the scenario that I would hate to see the most, which is blow the whole thing up. I know a lot of people want to see it. I hate that route or the tanking route or whatever you want to call it, but if if we lose out on the playoffs because of obvious injuries or something like that, um, or you know, or other reasons, and at least, or even if the coaching was okay to get us there, but clearly not what we need to push us over the final edge, it would at least give ownership and and. You know, Loomis and Lausha, the ability to talk about, okay, what go what big name, what proven commodity in coaching do we need to just go out and get, kind of like we did with Peyton, that's going to push this team over the edge. We have the talent. We have the young guys. We are actually finally okay in salary cap. So yeah, but, if, it's, on, if it's a close on, call, on. then you're talking about a new no, coach. Boy, if boy, it's boy, a, a terrible thing, they blow it up.
1: Corey, under your scenario, if, if everyone stays healthy, if they miss the playoffs – you have to get rid of the staff. Oh, like, no, bro, no, no, no. Like, correct you, me if no. I'm wrong. What is your opinion on this? Because if this team <laughs> is healthy, which we have not had in two plus years, you have a quarterback now who is, by all accounts, a top 15 guy, you know, and we can, we can uh, litigate whether he's 15 or whether he's eight. You are in between. He's a good quarterback. He's put up great stats over the first few years of his career. If you stay healthy as a team – you don't make the playoffs. Is set up in division. You blow it up. Like, go yeah. I mean, give me, me your thoughts on this, man. It, it,
0: yeah, let me clarify real quick, too, Max. When I say blow it up, I mean like, in yours. I agree with you on that. If you're healthy and you make playoffs, you 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 blow it up. I think if you're healthy and you make the playoffs, there's a wholesale fire sale where it's players and coaches. If it's you limp in then maybe it's just chance, But yeah, That's I agree. That I agree. Funny. What do you, what do you, what do you think?
1: Hold on, hold on, let Garland chime in on this. What do you well, think? First of
2: off, I think with the saints every year, they just refuse to rebuild. Uh, I don't think Mickey Loomis is ever going to want to blow this whole thing up. I just don't, you know, I don't know how many years Mickey Loomis has left. Uh, I mean, I know that they love Jeff Ireland over there, but I don't think Mickey's going anywhere. He, he likes where he's at right now with the black and gold. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right guys. If, if, if they're all healthy, which, I mean, we, we talk about, you know, I'm talking about Michael Thomas. I mean, Pete Warner is is a great linebacker. He's another guy like, just get, stay healthy. Okay, man. Cause that's another one. Cause they're really thin at linebacker. Okay. Uh, I don't know who, you know, they expect to step, step in behind, you know, the Zach Bond experiment is probably going to expire after this season. Um, So Pete Warner would be a, a guy that another guy needs to be healthy to make all this happen. But you know, on the back end, in the secondary, Tyron Matthew and Marcus Mayer, second-year guys they have been working together. you got a great battle between uh, Paul Sinadibo and Alante Taylor at on one side. And on the other side, you got one of the best corners in the NFL. Um, everything is set up for them to succeed this. This is a playoff roster right now. There's a reason why everybody's banking on this team. The over-under win total is at nine and a half. Um, and them to make the playoffs they're uh one of the, they're the favorite to win the NFC south yeah if they don't make the playoffs you're gonna have to definitely get rid of uh Dennis al at the end of the season but uh, you know it, it would be uh, a major problem um with all these pieces together it, it, it's set up for success uh you know i don't think Kamara will be out long and you've got great receivers right now Chris Olave is probably one of the best second your receivers in the league, and you got Rashid Shaheed, and then you, you got what Brian Edwards out of uh, out of uh, uh Oak or sorry the Las Vegas who we worked with before. So there, there's the guys out there. I, I think everything's set up for success. Last year I picked them to go ten and seven. And they went seven and ten. I think it was a, a Jameis Winston injury situation to kind of uh, messed that up. That prediction this year I I'm, I'm 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 teetering between nine and eight and ten and seven right now. But I, I would definitely uh, stick in that boat where uh, they should make the playoffs because I don't think Bryce Young's ready to, to roll yet. I think Desmond Ritter is not um, a good quarterback. I mean, Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter were their options last season. Uh, that's not good. And I think Baker Mayfield. I mean, I, I think the Bucks could be in, like, Caleb Williams mode They're fighting for the first-round pick. I think the Bucks. you talk about it, the Saints are refusing to rebuild. I, I think the Buccaneers should blow that entire thing up. And start over again. I mean, they won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. It's fine if they want to uh, go uh, another direction. I think Baker Mayfield's just a stopgap. Uh, I, I can see like the Bucks winning like five games this season. So everybody else is 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 not set up for success this season. I think in the future Bryce Young will be good. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about Desmond Ritter, but I think everything's gonna be bad with the Bucks. So they get back to. All, the square one on this? Yes. Uh, this If this roster's healthy, they should be in the playoffs. They'll, they'll host a home playoff game. Uh, probably they win the NFC South. Uh, so I don't think they'll get in as a wild card. They're going to have to win the NFC South to get in. Uh, but if, yeah, if, if there's not injuries and Michael Thomas is out there and, and Pete Warner's out there uh, and you don't have problems on the defensive line with health. I know Cam Jordan's getting up in age there and him Demario Davis, but if all those guys are healthy, they should make the playoffs and they don't then, that that whole coaching staff probably will not be there next season.
1: Yeah, Yeah, man, I'll be honest Um, with you. I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think you hit (laughs) the nails right – I mean, you're square on. Uh, Bryce Young, to me, is going to be a problem to deal with over the next couple of years. Not this year, but when we get to year two and three, he's going to scare me because that defense is young – they're loaded. They've got talent. I know they traded DJ Moore to the Bears and they traded uh, Christian McCaffrey to the uh, 49ers, but there's still talent on that team. That defense is young and hungry. Bryce is going to pull it together. Not this year, though, I don't think. Um, the Buccaneers, agree with what you said. They're in Caleb Williams' territory. You know, they have the Wizard wide receiver, but Trask and Mayfield, they just don't inspire confidence from any angle. Uh, Falcons, Ritter is not the guy. I. Not been high on him, whether he was Cincinnati or in the uh, in the NFL. I just I don't see it. So this is the same year. You know, you have to make a move at this point. And you know, if they're healthy, anything less than a division title, and honestly, you got to win a playoff game. You have to because this team is is this team is talented, man. As Corey said, hashtag on paper, which has been thrown around on t- Twitter over the last couple of months, you know, and it, it, it's a real thing. You know, this team on paper is talented. Like they're like running back. My God, we're three deep. And we're not counting, Eno Benjamin, who was a part-time starter in uh, in Arizona before. <laughs> quarterback, Derek Carr, best quarterback we've had since Breeze. You know, last year with Jameis and, uh, and Dalton, you know, the last two years pretty much was just awful. You know, it's painful to watch that. Just after going from Breeze, Hall of Famer, and watching these guys play, it's, it's just a step down. And then you see wide receiver. The wide receiver room is as talented as it has been in years. You know, when you're trotting out Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Brian Edwards. I mean, my God, James Washington is in like fourth or fifth or sixth right now. That's yep. pretty good. You know what I mean? Like T. These guys Perry are solid. Jason Perry. A.T. Perry, you know, if you you would have told me we're going to have A.T. Perry on this team six months ago, I'd be like, man, this wide receiver core is stacked. Tight end. adding Foster Moreau, local favorite, Jesuit high school, you know, to Jawan Johnson. And uh, these guys are – it's loaded. Now, the offensive line has to stay healthy. The offensive line has not stayed healthy. We know Andrew Speed is good to miss four or five games a year. Uh, Trevor Penning obviously has not proven he can stay healthy. So that's a big question mark. Eric McCoy is your linchpin right now because Ramchak has been hurt the last couple of years. So, uh, offensive line is the biggest pivot point. Big. Like if these guys can stay healthy, I feel like we've got a real chance to be good. But if the offensive line if they don't stay healthy, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Oh, you disappeared for a minute.
0: What'd you got? Trying to tame the uh, one of the, uh, Lizzie's cats in the room <laughs> here, so I had to. Make make there sure he go. wasn't getting a cameo on the on the recording. Um, yeah, but I agree with your uh, offensive line. Uh, call it take whatever you want to call it. But I mean, like kind of like you said with the linebackers, Garland. You know we're slim at linebackers. So, uh, damn. You know I wish. So, case for the listeners, uh, all thousands of you out there, <laughs> Nick is not on this. This, he wasn't able to make it make it on in time to record. You might jump in in a, in a little bit. Nick but is, damn, I wish. Nick, I wish. Yeah, exactly. I wish he was on here for the uh, linebacker take because you brought up Warner and Bond. Who uh, no one's argued about Warner, but we we had a, a pretty lively conversation about Bond and his value. But I only use that as an example because we're so slim at the linebacker position. If something goes wrong with the offensive line, I mean, all those my reference to the skill players earlier. I mean we look, we might have the best comp. I mean, there was some ESPN ranking that was terrible in terms of like where all the offensive skill players rank. And I say that because I think they put us in like the teens, but um, with our compliment or even the best compliment of skill players, if your O-line is not given the quarterback time to throw the ball, I mean, the three second minimum. And then if you're not opening up any holes for just a basic running attack, it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're not going to move the ball. You're, you're stuck between the twenties or at best you're moving it between the twenties and you're not punching it in when you get it to the red zone and you're in the gym Moore days of kicking field goals and wondering why we're losing every game at the end of the, at the end of the game or in overtime. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, you know, gosh, they, they need to stay healthy. We need to see some up uptick uh, or just, you know, anything really because he didn't have the opportunity to prove it last year from penning. Um, and then hopefully the depth is there uh, whether it's Saldovary or Hearst or, uh, you know, well, Paul, Paul, know, uh, Garland
1: but... mentioned guys before so Garland give me some defensive guys that you think need to be key guys on defense that need to stay healthy I would I would go ahead and Rush on Lattimore is number one on this oh game. yeah I, but defensive guys yeah, yeah
2: well yeah Pete Warner uh is is one of those guys because you know I've heard all this great talk about DeMarco Jackson how great he's looked in OTAs and mandatory minicamp. i mean he was out all last season and yeah he was good at app state but that's the sunbelt you know I, <laughs> I, I i mean everybody's going crazy about yeah. some of these guys like you know andrew dowell's gonna make the roster probably but those are the those are the guys that are gonna come in at, if either demario or Pete warner's hurt is andrew Dow, zach bond and demarco jackson who hasn't played one down the nfl yet uh, I mean, I know Anthony uh, or uh is going to get some run also, but I mean, most people from the outside, be like, who the heck are some of these guys? And I understand uh, what what they're saying. You know, at the linebacker position is definitely light. Um, but yeah, it, the the one the one battle that that battle of Paulson Adebo, Debo Alante Taylor, I listen to some people already giving it to Alante. I'm I mean, I'm not going to take Paulson and Debo out of that one yet. That that's going to be something to watch. And you know, Bradley Roby uh, as a.
1: Oh, man, I've heard that. That's good. No, that's cool to hear because, you know, like you said, everyone else is spinning it like Elante. No, right. I, I don't believe that I yet. I love hearing I, you say that. It might be – Yeah, really no, they've already it. anointed
2: Elante Taylor is going to get that job, and I, I, we need to hold off on that one. I, I really have some – you know, let's be honest. Honey Badger on the front in the last season did not look good. Um, you know, uh, Marcus May also dealt with some injuries. Um, but on the back end, I really thought that Tyron Matthew looked – looked much better. I, I think with them in year two together uh, working at, 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 in the safety uh, area of the field, uh, I think those guys can really be strong. And then uh, defensive tackle, uh, you know, Brian Brzee had some injuries at Clemson. You would hope he would stay healthy. And, you know, I, we don't know we're going to get yet from, uh, from Nathan Shepard and Kalen Saunders, but, uh, you know, that, that's uh, one of the biggest weaknesses, I think, on the team is an interior line. Uh, but they, they tried to upgrade with three different guys. So let's see where that goes. And, you know, also Malcolm Roach in that spot.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean – Yeah, you I know think- It's funny. on flag, but the reality is, you know, he went out this offseason in conjunction with the front office and attacked every perceived weakness. When yep. have defensive tackle, you know, they went out and overhauled the whole position group, went out and got Foskey – you know to uh, deal with the uh, the Peyton Turner, Mark and David uh, issue. You know wide receiver pulled in a couple more. Mm-hmm. You know they're attacking every need they had, and he also replaced some of the position coaches. So, you know if Da sure. is not side eye with uh, with a guy, what's his name? Uh, Richard from last year. You know he was here for one year as a defensive backs coach, moves on. There's been a uh, common point prompted that, but the reality is, you know, this is DA saying, this is my last chance in the NFL to truly succeed. Let me get my guys in. Let me surround myself with the, the people that I need to be successful. And it's good to see, because look, he's going And you got to respect it. You know, he pulled out every stop, whether it's uh, replacing the players, replacing the coaches, he's all in. So let's see if it works.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, that, that's been one of the more refreshing things. I mean, I only talk about like the the doomsdays or, or the concerns because like that's kind of the world we've been living in the past few years. But I mean, like Nick and Max have mentioned, they're eternal op- optimists and when it comes to the team. And in reality, I am. Uh, it's just when when we end up talking about it, uh, I, get, I, I guess I get that like mentality of like if, if if I can't cut down or find out the argument against our worst day, then you're not prepared for your best. And, you know, I've definitely taken some heat on this podcast for some of my hot takes. Um, I don't know that I have one in the, in the cooker right now, but, you know, I know Nick isn't very high on Marcus May. I think a lot of people have not been. Um, but the more I look, the more I think about him, and like y'all said about the Honey Badger coming on better, coming on stronger at the end of the season, um I gave Max some shit because I, 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 incorrectly. I'll I'll give you credit on this, Max. I'll, I'll I'll walk it back. Like we said, it takes me a a while to walk it back. But I thought uh, I said he was too up. Honey badger was too up and down last season in one of our earlier episodes. Max said, "No, he's down then up," and I, I gave Max some shit by saying, "Like what? That's the same thing." But to Max's credit, to Max's credit, it is different, and he was right. It, it was down then up. He finished out stronger. He's got a whole other offseason under his belt, and so I feel good about Honey Badger. I think the bigger question mark is Marcus May. Is he really that guy who can fill in? He's never going to be a replacement to Marcus Williams. He's not just not that kind of player. But I think if if Honey Badger and May can find a way to work together, really have that like uh, nonverbal communication on the field, feel have each other like just knowing where the other guy is going to be, play true complementary safety football, or just just feel better about the, the assignments, whether or not it's both of them on the field at the same time or, or not. I like the prospects of Marcus May. I think he could be potential X-factor in the defense. I might get slammed for saying that later, but um, if he plays to his potential, uh, you know, that's something to look for. Um, but, you know, I think also one of the things you said that stood out to me, Garland, was that, people like that linebacker, I mean, App State, uh, other small schools that some of these guys are coming from, it's like the blessing of the Loomis strategy, philosophy, and drafting and, and non-drafted free agents of, you know, we've had such success with these previously unknown guys and, and throughout our history with Loomis and Sean Payton. Uh, I guess you have to be seen with, with DA or maybe Rashid Shahid was a revelation on that, but it's like the fans are just look completely past whatever kind of pedigree or or college experience these guys have, because we've had such success with guys from the tiniest of schools, and because of the the previous coaching staff or just how special those players were. I feel like as fans, we just say, "Well, we don't care if he went to App State. Look at him; he's 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 great." We've had other small t- small school guys that have been great. Why shouldn't he be great? But I agree. I mean. It's it's uh like Bobby Eber says on Sports Talk, right? What have you done for me lately? You know, and it's uh, what have you done for me lately? It's uh you, you got to show me.
1: That's a good that's a good segue, Garland. Give me your surprise. Give me three breakout guys. Three breakout guys. Who are three guys that you're expecting? They might be off the radar, but it might be it might be the chalk pick. Who are three guys you think? Are well, break
2: out? um. I would say this. Uh, it it. I think that if Nick Saldaveri is healthy, I I think that they they expect him to play right away, uh, like as a backup role. But they I, I they have that much faith in him. Y'all talk about the, the smaller programs. I will say this. They they swung big on their on their first three picks. I mean, with Brian Brzee being a Clemson, Isaiah Foskey at Notre Dame and Kendra Miller at TCU. I mean those are three major baller programs. Now the back end they did go for Sal Devery, uh an ODU guy. Um but you know they they you got to find those kind of, you know, diamonds in the rough with with some of those guys. Um but breakout, I mean Rashiiheed I guess is already broken out. Uh I I think Kendra Miller is a guy that wasn't on this team last year. I mean Read some of his quotes uh, during OTAs and minicamp. I mean, he's here to take Alvin Kamara's job, job away. I love him. I love uh, so, him. I mean, he, he has a lot of faith yeah. in himself. So, I think if you're going to talk about guys that weren't here and they're going to break out, I'm, I think look for the rookies, Max. I think that Kendry Miller is going to get a lot of action this season. I think Brian Burzee is going to get a lot of action this season. Um, uh, Jeff Duncan uh, had a nice scoop today. Uh, that Leroy Glover is going to be uh, coaching the defensive line during training camp. I mean, Brian Brzee is going to learn. From-
0: mm, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Really? He,
2: um, yeah. Jeff Duncan had that today. J- oh, just for training awesome. camp, uh, it's part of a Bill Walsh diversity program. Uh, but, man, Brian Brzee is going to learn from, like, one of the, like, OG sack masters of the black and gold. I mean, that 2000 team. Yeah, I oh, mean, with Joe Johnson me, yeah. and Norman Han and Leroy Glover, that that team was—I mean, it, that that was a fun squad that they had in 2000. So I would think.
1: What was it—the yeah, big, the heavy lunch, lunch no heavy lunch, the big lunch, bucket yeah. something? Yeah, I, I like hearing that news be, about,
0: uh, name? Yeah. about Leroy too, because, gosh, he was that guy that everything he did was technically perfect. You know, and you hear it a lot, like. Rookie defensive tackles have a hard time cracking in because there's so many little things and like uh, things you got to pick up on, like certain little moves to, to get the offensive lineman like off of you. I mean, I, I've never even, I don't understand it all, but there's just different techniques that you can't really pick up on until you're in the league. I would hope it'd be nice if, uh, you know, Leroy comes in and says, like gives them, gives Brzez, guys like him a head start on, yeah, like, they're not going to be expecting you to do this with your hands or to put this move on them when you know, you're going this way. Yeah. And that's fantastic. To that'd hear. be awesome. We need that. Um, one thing you said, Garland, I'm gonna, yeah. I want to, I want to get your take. All
1: hands on that, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to get your take on, you know, you mentioned Kendra Miller, uh, you know, cause you're the guy, you're one of the guys that breaks these guys down and has maybe seen this, this kind of thing before, you know, a lot of talk about the running backs, uh, that have been there in the pros with the contract situations. But with Kendra, uh, he comes in. A lot of people have said that one of the pluses of him is that he didn't really have as much wear and tear on him in college as maybe uh, some of your top flight bell, you know, bell cow running backs coming out of college. Uh, Have you looked into that or do you have any opinion on, that aspect of does that a, do you, have you noticed that or seen that or well, is that a plus i mean y'all guys saw
2: with alvin kamara i mean he was on the bench at tennessee and alabama i mean they barely used him, and uh yeah. i mean now we'll say this it, it they had to use them a lot more in these last two years and they really wanted to um and i think that's definitely going to mess with the life of of his career uh, in the black and gold i mean I don't know if Alvin Kamara will be. Uh, I mean, I think he's gonna have a strong season this year, but I think his best days, like his 100, I think is past. Uh, I think this is he. He, he already hit his apex. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna get you know what on Christmas uh, against the Vikings. What he had five touchdowns, six touchdowns that game, six touchdowns. Six. Yeah, I, six
0: I, touchdowns. Th- 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 that, the that's yeah. the
2: apex. I don't think we're gonna see that again. I I, I think he's got a better season than you know, last year. I mean. To lose four fumbles. That was his worst output when it came to lost fumbles in one season. Uh, But with Kendra, yeah, he wasn't used as much. He's a burner. Um, And you like what you got with, uh, you know, Jamal Williams, uh, I think the wear and tear is not as bad on him either because he was never the star running back in Green Bay. He wasn't the star running back with, I mean, he was splitting carries with DeAndre Sift in Detroit but what Aaron Jones, when he was in Green Bay, so he's never been the dude. And so I think this whole running back room has yeah. has, has some life in it because of them not getting used as much. Now, I will say Jamal Williams was used a lot at, at Brigham Young when he was with Taysom, but since he's been in the NFL, he's not been the bell cow back. Now, I think he kind of took that away from DeAndre Swift last season. But uh, you like the running back room, and you definitely think – I mean, Mark Ingram last year – uh, I mean, he, he was one of the best all-time running backs the Saints have ever had, but he was definitely a shell of his, his former self last
0: season. Yeah, I agree. I, think this- yeah, I agree.
1: And, yeah. and, and to that point, I think it's a blessing that all of our running backs come from low-usage situations, you know, whether it's college or pros. And that's always a positive. I mean, that's never in question. You know what I mean? Like, Camaro was underused in see. You know, Jamal Williams, I think his last year at BYU was they ran him a lot, but other than he was pretty underwise. And it's it, it's it's positive. It's always a positive. There's not even a question. You know what I mean? Like the less wear and tear on a running back, that's the one position. But I feel bad for these guys because they're the franchise tag. And you see what's happening. You know, Dalvin Cook is getting cut as prime. You know, Leonardo Fournette after his best couple seasons is a free agent. These guys are not getting the money that their performance dictates they should get. You know, and, you know, I've seen some talk about taking the running back position or wide receiver position and merging it to far as franchise tag designation uh, is concerned. And that makes sense. Receivers are kind of overpaid. Running backs are underpaid for what they go through. You know, and less wear and tear, it's always, always a better situation for a running back. Always. You know, and we're looking at Kendra Miller. He was amazing, but run the ball that much. It's very reminiscent of Camaro uh, when I attended. So it's it's a plus. It's always a positive. No other question about it.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, one question that comes to mind. You know, talk, speaking of running backs. Um, just like any kind of QB list anybody talks about with the Saints all the time, like Breeze is automatically out of it because, like, okay, Breeze is number one. Uh, so you've, you're there, the media availability, you're interviewing all the Saints players and stuff at the end of practice and whatnot. I think this year now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's safe to say Jamal Williams is the number one interview (laughs) this year. Like the shit that comes out of his mouth is amazing. Um, and we could probably have an entire podcast episode about just him and his answers on that shit. But, uh, okay. So besides Jamal Williams and just to you, not like, overall opinion but who do you who's your best interview guy you the most fun for you outside well, of mobile? i
2: will say this i mean cam jordan when you turn the camera on you know he always puts on a show the problem is is that he really rarely answers the question you ask him um you know he gives a lot of non-football <laughs> answers uh i mean I, I remember last training camp he talked for 15 minutes and i used like two bites out of his 15 minute interview because he just goes off on these like crazy like tangents I have nothing to do about football at all but he's been like that forever I mean I'm not like you know gonna say that you know that that that's something new he's always been uh you know that kind of guy where you don't get a lot of good information out of him you know he's the kind of fun loving guy uh but I mean Tyron Matthew uh I covered him in college at LSU uh, you know, then he went away and came back. You know, I followed his story. I was there on it was uh, Happy's Bar, which was on top of uh, Walk-Ons back in the day. I was there for his, for, oh, yeah, yeah, I was there I for his that. draft party yeah. uh, when he got taken by the uh, by the Arizona Cardinals. You know, so I've been there for a lot of his ups and downs, and he gives very truthful answers, and you really can like feel like you know he, he, the emotion in his voice yeah. when you do interviews with him. And, you know, he he went to St. Aug, you know, he went to LSU, you know, he's, he's one of us, you know, so I, I definitely enjoy listening to Tyron Matthew talk. I mean, he's, he's got, he's got trophies. He, he knows uh, what it takes to win. So uh, that's a guy that, you know, um, that I I definitely enjoy interviewing Jamal Williams. Yeah. I mean, his whole opening press conference where it took him like 10 times to say the word beignet (laughs) was quite funny. You know, you, you got to kick (laughs) out of it. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I would go with Tyron Matthew. Um, you know, DeMario has always been a great interview. Um, he's another guy who can get really deep and serious. Um, but, you know, because, like, he's sure. the opposite of Cam Jordan. Cam rarely gets serious. You know, him and DeMario are, are different spectrums. But I would go with a Honey Badger.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah,
1: I think – yes. You know what, and I'm glad you brought up the Honey Badger because watching his evolution – um, when, you know, he basically kicked out of LSU, LSU off the team, whatever it was, you know, and, and seeing him get to the NFL, underdrafted from, I guess, where he should have gone to where he was drafted. You know, I think he was third round pick, second or third round pick. And we all knew this guy was the best player in college football at LSU. He gets to the NFL and now, by all accounts, is one of the most Stand up, good people in the community doing everything he can has completely flipped in there as to what it was when going out of college. And it's one of the most feel good stories you can possibly read. And it's am- it's even better. He's a local kid and has done it in front of our eyes and is now praying for the Saints because honestly, it's, it's amazing to watch it and just see. Well, I mean, he's an asset. In in uh, in society yeah. now, you know, in one's community and it's awesome to watch because that was not what people were painting the picture of, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, whatever it was when he was drafted. You know, it was a total new story. So now it, it's just amazing to watch that and, and we're all happy for him. And I'm glad to say, you know, you said he was the best, I guess interviewed it, you know, one of the best interviews. I mean that's fantastic
0: to watch. Yeah, and it's tough to see like when he like you said, Max in his early career when he's getting all these uh, media narratives painted about him. And, you know, like, like Garland said, like we can relate to the Catholic league circuit or even the New Orleans high school circuit as, as a whole right. a, abroad. And, and uh, so, I mean, it's kind of like, like we talked about with the car program, uh, you know, that these kids are busting their balls in the field and don't necessarily have the best, you know, it's not an assumption on everybody, but like, cut the guy a break, cut him some slack. And the national media definitely did not do that early on his career using the word troubled and all that crap. So it's so nice to just see, like you said, Max, he's like, he's here now. Like Garland's correct. You know, he's given these deep, real direct emotional responses to certain interview questions. And, you know, and uh, you got to love seeing the, the key word for me is leadership on both sides of the ball. Uh, you got yep. him Demario on that, on that defensive side. Uh, you've got just a wealth of experience of guys on the offensive side. And, uh, Hey, you know, we got another local, local guy now in the tight end room on the offensive side of the ball. So that's always a plus. Um, Hey, anybody, look, anybody that gets,
1: Oh, we're excited, look, if, man. You're, if you're an LSU guy, oh, yeah, yeah, you're an excited. LSU
0: guy, you know, and you, and if somebody told you 10 years ago, Hey, on the defense, we're going to have somebody who used to wear number seven for the Tigers and on offense, we're going to have somebody that used to wear number 18 for the Tigers. You'd be like, we get a 7 and a an 18 on the Saints roster? Yeah, sign me the hell up. Uh, just shows how good it hooked. Actually, more importantly, a Jesuit jay
1: on the That's right.
0: Yeah, it's, if you'd have told me there's a Jesuit Blue the jay day. on the Saints, uh, you know, one of my former uh, Jesuit football comrades, you know. Uh, Both Sanji alums, Coach Sanji alums here. He was just the offensive uh, line coach when I was there, but... Uh, he still made me run offensive line drills, even though I was a fullback. And uh, love him and hate him for that, of course, because those sucked. But uh, hey, you know, the, at least Foster made it to the big show. Didn't didn't quite make it for me, Max. I know it's a big, big shock to you. No comment. <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of local lists, uh, we talked about, or, you know, local favorites. All right, we, we, we talked about food earlier at the beginning of this podcast. And Garland, we, you know, you don't have to just, Butter up, Max. Here we, we know that when Root was open, it was one of your favorite restaurants, uh, and you would say that even if Max wasn't in the room. We get it. Um, okay, so you look anybody that goes to Root partakes in the charcuterie board at Root, right? Um, so thinking back to that glor- glorious charcuterie
1: board. Okay, come on, Max. Come on. give him the backstory. Give the back of the uh, the episode. Okay,
0: well. Um uh, okay, we'll give him the backstory. i was gonna I was gonna kind of hit him with a surprise. But okay, backstory. We 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 did a uh we put a uh EPB out on Twitter for off season podcast episodes, and a couple of our guys from from London uh came back. One, one of our guys, uh Daniel, he's at Procrastinators on Twitter, uh has a podcast of his own, uh The Saints of the City and Me. He replied to us and said, Uh, here's an op- here's an episode topic go through a list of saints players, but compare them all to cheese. So like, what would each saints player be as cheese? And Max was like, well, we'll up this Nick and I know everything about charcuterie. So we're going to do a Saints charcuterie board. Uh, so we did about an hour long episode comparing a hell of a lot of the guys on the roster <laughs> to items in <on> a charcuterie <laughs> okay. board. And it was fucking fantastic. Um, and, and other people have told us that too. That's not just us.
1: It's a, it's a good one.
0: So, uh, so I'm going to ask you if you can remember the, any charcuterie item from root. What was your favorite one? Uh, if you can't remember a charcuterie item,
1: come out, come out. out. It doesn't have to be. Charcuterie. It can be any you me other off. I was dish. Getting there. <laughs> comp a dish from root. Wait, 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 wait. First, from no, root to a
0: First, we're going to take it step by step. First. Give us your favorite either charcuterie item or menu item from Root. And just give us that answer first. What was your your favorite chicken. from Root?
2: Well, yeah. Chicken wings. Those chicken wings were absolutely divine. Uh, I mean, that's what I, that's what I live for. Uh, and yeah. um, since then, since Root is closed, I, I've been on like this chicken wing journey in the city of New Orleans to find like <laughs> chicken wings just as good as that. Uh, I, I will say Moe's Barbecue, which yeah. there's only one location on Causeway, does some fantastic smoked chicken wings. Um, you know that that are some of my favorite. I love the the smoked wings at, at Blue Oak, but they were never as good as the ones at at, at Root. Uh, that that's that'll always be my my favorite. You know, uh, with. What?
0: Why don't you describe them for us? You're right there, my head I now. Fried, you you right? had
2: you had what? You had the biscuit, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Max, and you had like that. the The, the, the sauce was oh, a yeah. southern. What, what did you call it? A uh, It was like
1: so. so we had the uh, the sweet tea blind wings. There was the uh, the sorghum butter. Yes, and that's exactly it. And it was fucking delicious. Yep. So, so, OK, so,
0: yeah. now that we've got that firmly back in your head yeah. and-,
1: and and obviously I, I have to give- okay. go ahead, Max. Oh, come on, come on. Garland. Being on the show right now, I have to give Garland a shout out in person for being one of our biggest supporters. You know, we saw him every weekend and uh, a, a week, seven days did not go by without us seeing Garland at the bar having a drink <laughs> with us. And we had good times all around every week. Fantastic. I, well, you know, one of our favorite people to have in the uh, in the restaurant, and uh, it was a magical time. And yeah, no, and, help,
2: and I a got magical. a lot of my Excuse people question. there. I think I got the Mackle twins rolling in there a lot, and um, you know, uh, I I think I think though I will say this: <laughs> Jeff Duncan discovered root before I discovered it. I you Max, you know better than me, but I feel like since that point, Duncan went there a lot. Um, I mean, my parents. Yeah. I mean, my parents lived for that duck uh, in the uh, cigar box. Uh, so I, I got a lot of my family yeah. and friends that didn't even know where root was, what it was, because I mean, Max, you built that thing off of social media mostly and word of mouth. And let, let's face it, I mean, your your, your parents, you know, Corey's parents. They're older, you know, they don't, they're not on the gram, you know, and those kind of things. So yeah. my parents had yeah. no idea what these, you know, Root was, but I got them on board. So, uh, no, it was, it was some magical times when Root back in the day because y'all stayed open till two in the morning. And, you know, when you work in television, You work late, you know, Uh, and and I know you the reason you made it that late first for service industry people. And it was a very smart move. I mean, you could just roll up there and have a, you know, most time at at nighttime, midnight one, you're dealing with the bottom rung of of good food. You know, it's not the good stuff. But I mean, you got the whole menu out there and it would be like 1230 at night.
1: Yeah, because you meant goals, and uh, it was it was always a good time to have them. And honestly, Chuck Duncan was probably the uh, forerunner for uh, the Loki uh, coming. To it. You know, he um, I don't remember how it linked up, but he did the whole Saint Superfan. Oh yeah, yeah. His first one uh, and from That's then on, yeah. he was a huge, huge supporter and directly responsible for one of the uh, things we had. And from him talking to the national media, coming in from out of town and saying, hey, go check out this restaurant. So, you know, definitely very appreciative of everything he did. every day, the Maccles, everybody else. You know, it was always your time. Friday night, two morning, in there, having drinks, eating good food, just uh, hanging out, man. And honestly, we're probably too old to do it anymore, but – it was good back in the day yeah there was
2: another question that yeah. was off the top yeah. of this and we I totally forgot because I yeah. went to a so, root stupor there for the last five minutes yeah I
0: oh, know don't, don't worry we're gonna bring it back all right so now that we've established that oh no this is good. now that we've established uh the green tea chicken wings are your favorite what Saints player is that so compare those to a Saints player
2: <laughs> so I mean
0: what what player on the team most the, exemplifies? I mean, it.
2: The, the, those chicken wings. Like, I mean, th- the best part was you would du- you would dunk it in the sauce and just let it sit there and like you know permeate in there for like about a minute. You know, while while Scotty the bartender would like you know make my favorite drink. Uh, miss <laughs> him. He's yeah, Virgin Scotty Islands man. Dream Maybe. over there.
1: Um, I, it, it, oh yeah, he is man. Yeah, he is. You
2: yeah, yeah, I do. Dude, I follow on an Instagram, dude, I follow it? An Instagram and drink? watch his, his life unfold there. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but, no, <laughs> um, you know, speaking of uh, – uh, uh, here we go. I, I'll lay it up perfectly there. Just like, you know, you're spinning around, you know, the straw and the drink, you know, the stir straws the drink. It, it's got to be Derek Carr. Um, I mean, he <laughs> he is uh, – I know there's a lot of countdowns out there right now, the best Saints players, but if, if – um, you know, if, if Derek Carr, he's got to be your 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 number one item on the menu. If he's not, this whole thing can fall apart. So I would say Derek Carr will it would be be my favorite you know <laughs> menu item there. He's got to be because uh, Derek Carr.
0: So so he you think he most exemplifies? No, those yeah. It,
2: I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a great restaurant <laughs> in, in in to to compare that to a great season and to have a great organization. You, you need that number one item, and I think uh, Derek Carr is that guy. So I, I would say Gar is the uh, is is the, the sweet tea chicken wings of uh, the New Orleans Saints.
1: I like <laughs> it. I love the answer. That's what I would have given. I love the answer.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Well, go, well done. Back. Nice. we'll get Corey to send you the link to the episode, the Security Board episode, because it is – it's fun. It's not like anything else to listen to. It'll probably keep your memories from uh, you know what time when uh, we were all younger. Uh, good times.
0: Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Um,
1: well, good. We, we got you
0: with with the the punchline menu comparison item. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Max, you got any you got anything else for Garland while we got
1: him right where we want him? Or yeah. No? <laughs> I have, I have non state questions here. So, uh, you know, we talk about following local guys or local who are coming up through the high school ranks and uh, making it to college, to the NFL. And uh, there were two of them in particular. in the obvious, arch Manning. I'll ask you that one. And then end up with Harlem Berry, who I've thought about through your Instagram page kid is blowing mind with what he's doing. But just give me some side on uh on nurse. Just like what do you what do you think is in store? And I know Harlem just had the uh, running back recruit for the class he's twenty-five, if I'm not mistaken. And he is blowing my mind in the highlights on your uh, your Instagram page, and just give us some more on Arch. What do you think? What do you think? What's going on? You know.
2: So uh, in the last five years, um, Arch Manning has like taken over a life of its own in our coverage. And since he was um, in eighth grade, spring game, we showed his highlights against Shaw. Those like exploded. I remember I posted those on Twitter, and then Adam Schefter reposted uh, those highlights. And, and that's where it just exploded yeah. from there. And everybody kept asking me, is he really that good? And I'm like, yeah, he, he is the real deal. Um, he is going to uh, be one of the best uh, athletes to ever come out of the New Orleans area in football. And sure enough, he was. He was the number one recruit in the class of 2023. And now he's at Texas, you know. And, yeah, he was at Newman, which is not the biggest school. But it doesn't matter classification. He's that good. Well, now that Arch is gone and Harlem Berry has stepped on the scene, he is at Class 1A St. Martins. Their enrollment's only 168 kids. But he's gotten every offer in America. He's the 100- and 200-meter champion uh, for the last two years in both those events uh, in Class 1A. And uh, he is legit. He's fantastic. Uh, He's a great kid to deal with out the field. But he has every offer. And if you go to my Instagram page and watch the story, um, you know, he's had opportunities. uh, You know, schools have approached him of going to Class 5A schools um, in the Catholic league. And he said, no, thanks. You know, he's, he's staying at St. Martin's. Um, hmm. as, as we talked about wear and tear on the body, he's gonna have a lot less wear and tear on the body, not playing in the Catholic league than he will at St. Martin's. You know, he's gonna be definitely going up yeah. against kids that are not, uh, you know, are probably, you know, my height and weight, you know, I'm five, seven, five, eight. And I weigh, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a little on the skinnier side, but most kids are like five, eight 170 that he's going to go against. And I think he's the real deal. He's going to sure. he's gonna be the next big thing. And right now, if people, you people know, want to ask him where he's going to school, I would say LSU, Texas, and Florida are, are in his top three. Uh, the, he hasn't told me that. I'm just reading the tea leaves because Jabbar Jaluk, uh, who was at Edna Carr, yeah. is now at Florida. That's his uncle. He's a running backs coach in Florida. So th- that's the link there. So th- I would yeah. say that is his top three right now.
0: So what you're saying is I need to clue off my guys up at Georgia. No, he, he's in the – Because they I mean, we can't have more they, they than They all know. <laughs> Georgia
2: knows about him. Florida knows about him. Alabama has an offer out on him. Texas AM, Ohio State, right. they all know who he is. He's a track star, and he's a football player. But, um, no, yeah. he, he's the real deal.
0: He's at the point where nobody doesn't no, he, know who he is. He,
2: uh, you know, people uh, uh, are definitely in the city know who he is now. Uh, I've done. I've done like five or six stories on him. I mean, like the, I mean, he he came mm-hmm. to St. Martin's from Holy Name Uptown, and he was a basketball kid. Decided to play football, oh, and really? then all of a sudden exploded. Yeah. It, it's a, a crazy
0: story. Huh? That's funny to hear. Yeah, to hear we, we, from Holy we, Name.
1: One of my one, one of favorite things about following on Twitter, Instagram, being you Know that you might not hear about otherwise until they blow up, and it's like we all do before you know, brothers and that. Um, like Harlow Barry, like none of us would know about him if it wasn't for Garland and up page and see these constant, you know, highlights two years ago. Like, oh, this kid looks like he's very good, he's shifty he's fast, he's still. You know, and I follow Garland, and you know, I kind of see where he's going. And now to see this kid be anointed as running back prospect in his class, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, he, he, check it out; this kid is—it's nuts. Yeah, It's like watching.
0: I, I think like he so, popped up on my radar probably just this past week from uh, either Garland's Instagram or or he popped up on one of the local news channels. And bro, and, uh, yeah, I guess when he was named the number one is when he popped up, but. Um, yeah, it, it, you it's know,
1: the thing. The GM is on it. Yeah. DMZ on uh, So Look, you know, you I have no news. Like yeah,
0: yeah. I have no doubt that you know Garland would have been on guys like my former tailback Chris Marquis, back in the day. You know, and uh, all those guys. And but you're right, Max. I love the Twitter world because I can't imagine having that shit when I was in high school. I mean, we were we were on. A, God damn, what was a website?
1: Uh, it was kind of like they would have been like. Paul, oh, number full fullback in the country. Oh, I wasn't worried about my ranking, Max, roll. you see, because I played fullback.
0: I was the lead blocker. I was okay with the fact that I was sacrificing my body for someone else's glory. And, you know, Chris won Mr. Football in Louisiana for 5A that year. Ended up being started running back at UCLA to fill in from Warrior Strings, Drew. Not that I'm trying to rattle off stats about the guy I blocked for, but, you know, but in reality, he, he he was so good. He didn't mean, he didn't, he didn't mean, he didn't mean, he did not need he did not he didn't me. he did not me. he did not Between
1: Leo and Mike, somewhere in between. What, what, you, you cut out, Max, what was that? I said uh, cross between Leo and Mike, Yeah, yeah, uh, just uh, didn't play in
0: they, they said, uh, you know, I know Garland wasn't there to cover us, but they said my biggest knocks were my measurables, really. Uh, you know, had, had, had the speed, had the brains. Uh, you know, clear, clearly my running back did well. Just, you know, just the measurables. You know, it turns out you can't play fullback in college at, at 5'10, 190 pounds. It just doesn't work for the big programs. Shocker. Wait, 5'10? In cleats. You're, you're again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm I'm five 5'10", like Drew Brees is six foot, okay? Just put it that way.
1: <laughs> no, uh, honestly, uh, Garland, I know you're busy, man, and we don't want to keep you much longer, but uh, thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah, no, this is good. Thanks so much, Garland, man. Yeah, always, always a great time. Yeah, talk no, hey, hey, you if you, you
0: need
2: to talk football and food, I'm, I'm your right guy. Off,
1: yeah.
0: There you go. There you go. You, you and Max. I know, We'll <laughs> go hang
1: out. hang out in person next time and we can yes, uh, really talk some food and football.
0: Yeah. If, get you on if, if we get into it enough, we'll just flip on the uh, the, the recording and then we'll have another episode. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. We'll appreciate it. Uh, Max, you know, all your insight is always appreciated, especially your uh, friendship with the G Man. And uh, Garland thanks again for coming on. It was awesome. So, thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast.